ask the Lord this. You have written this. Why? I mean, do, do we believe the Word of God is just a, just a haphazard collection of, of thoughts and writings? No, it was holy men of God removed by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit of God, you know. Holy men of God removed. Uh, holy men of God, of 1 Peter one twenty one. they were moved. Uh, 1 Peter one twenty three. the holy men of God. It's, huh? Spake as they're moved by Thank you. And uh, we, we understand that inspired means God breathed. God breathed. His word, his word is breathed. His, his word is inspired. And the men, the writers were moved along, carried along by the Holy Spirit of God to write them. That's what I'm trying to get out. Good grief. <sighs> so, when I look at a scripture, I say, Lord, why did you make sure of all of the words that you could have recorded of the millions upon millions of millions of words that could have been spoken here. Why did you record this? And we know, we know Jesus. The Bible says the books of the world couldn't have contained everything that Jesus said. So we know what we have here is eternally and vitally important. This is it. Look how narrow that is. See how that? That's it. And how important that is. And I come to Joshua chapter 1 with the same thought. And it illustrates to us, number one, what anybody in a a position of authority should look like. They should be faithful. God only calls faithful. God doesn't call the unfaithful. God, it seems to me that God calls the busy, who are already busy about doing what he's called them to do. But he, not only are they faithful, but they're called of God. And we looked at that last week. And I know what some people preach. I, I have heard the messages, why do you need a call when you have a command? I understand that when it comes to missions giving, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to soul winning. You don't need a call to give. You don't need a call to give to missions. You don't need a call to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it comes to position, Positions of in, in, in authority as a pastor or, or things of that way or called into the missions. There needs to be a calling of God. I believe that. And Paul said he, he was called. He was called into the ministry that God counted him faithful to put him into the ministry. And so they need to be faithful. They need to be called and they need to be with God's that come with God's agenda and his agenda alone. So with the definite calling of God on Joshua's life, Joshua had God's authority on his life. He was operating with God's authority, not his own authority. If he would come with his own authority, he would have been out of his jurisdiction. That's when somebody is in a place that they don't have the authority to be in. That's a good word to teach your children and say, uh, that's not your jurisdiction. That's, that's my, you know, when they come and say, you know, you ought to be doing this. It's like, uh, I don't think that's your jurisdiction. I think that's mine. We do this, you think about the police departments and things like that. They have a jurisdiction. Uh, the, the, the city police have a jurisdiction over the city, county over the county, state over the entire state, FBI over the county. It just goes out from there. And so jurisdiction, jurisdiction. Joshua was operating within the jurisdiction and the authority that God had placed upon his life. And here in Joshua chapter 1, I want you to notice here that God recognized Joshua's authority. That word recognize there, I use that word recognize as in the word recognition, as in, the, as in God put on display Joshua's authority. He made it evident, he presented it to Israel that Joshua was under his authority. And you, you might say, well, how does he do this? Well, 
God placed Joshua in this position. We saw that last week. God put him there. Do we see anywhere where Joshua asked for this position? Do we see anywhere where Joshua was seeking for this position? Trying to, uh, trying to get in there and, and jockey for position to get the job? You know, It happens in the corporate world, doesn't it? Can I tell you it happens in churches too. People jockey for power. Jockey for authority. This wasn't the life of Joshua. And it shouldn't be our life either. But he didn't ask for it. He, he was, watch. He was just busy doing what God had told him to do. And when he was doing what God had told him to do, Moses, if you remember, brought it up and said, I, I, we really need somebody to take over for me when I'm gone. And God said, go get Joshua. Yeah. He was already busy. He was already busy with what he was supposed to be doing. And so God placed Joshua, God placed Joshua in this position. Now, in times past, God spoke only to Moses. You remember this? In Numbers chapter 12, do you remember this? Aaron and Miriam had the audacity to come forward and complain to Moses And they said in verse 2, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Uh, uh, Hath he not spoken by us also? Wow. They were a little irritated because their brother, their brother had all this authority, and they were a little irritated about it. And they come and said, Did God just speak to you? Does not God speak by us also? And one of the most frightening things of that verse, at the very end of verse 2, it says, And the Lord heard it. Watch out what you say. God hears. Yes, He does. And in Numbers chapter 12, verses 6 through 9, if you want to turn back there, we're going to turn around and some, turn back and forth in some verses here tonight. So you may want to get your fingers wet. and So you can turn. I know that's probably not right to do in this COVID stuff, like to lick your fingers and things like that. But hey, they're your own fingers. Just don't touch anybody with them, all right? Numbers chapter 12, look at verses 6 through 9. And he said, hear now my words. The Lord heard it, okay? He told them to come to the tabernacle, come in together. We're going to talk about this. Verse 6, he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. God said, hey, if there's a prophet, I'll find him. If there's a prophet among you, I know where he is, and I will contact him. You ever heard that? Uh, you call, I'll call you. You don't call me. <laughs> this is what God's saying. Tell you what, I'll call you. You don't need to call me. And look at this. I'll make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak unto him in a dream. So he's, he's establishing here that, that God speaks to his prophets. But notice he he moved Moses, a prophet, above even those prophets. In verse 7, he said, My my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God says, Moses is far beyond a prophet who you probably uphold. 
He's far beyond a prophet. I don't talk to him in dark dark, in dark scenes. I, I just say what I say uh, right out in the open. We talk face to face. We discuss, listen, he knows everything that, I'm, uh, that I say to him. It's just, he says it apparently and not in dark speeches. He says, so where did you get off? Where did you get off not being afraid to speak against him? Yeah. And so... God is angry with Aaron and Miriam at their attempted, listen to me, their attempted usurp of authority. Well, doesn't God speak by us also? Uh, no. <laughs> That's what God said to Aaron and Miriam. No. I don't. And watch, and if I had, I would have already told you. And you can't tell me of a time when I have told you. <laughs> Didn't he say that? If I have a prophet, I'll, t- I'll talk to them. I'll, they'll know. I'll come to them. You know what else he was saying there to M- Miriam and Aaron? Uh, I've never called you. <laughs> yeah. Not like, not like this. So, God is establishing a few things here. Number one, God calls his authority. God chooses them. God communicates with his authority. God confirms his authority. He did it right here. He's done it with Joshua. And God contends with those who try to usurp his authority. Because you're not... Wait, wait, watch this. They weren't necessarily usurping Moses' authority complete, uh, totally, which they were. But the, the end of it was they were usurping God's authority who put Moses in authority. That was their problem. And God got pretty upset about it. Yeah, so upset that he disciplined them for that. And so we've seen this with Moses, and now we see it with Joshua here in verse 1. Turn back to Joshua chapter 1. Remember Moses, or God spoke to Moses. He said, I didn't speak to anybody else. I spoke to Moses. You can go through the Word of God, and you can see that God speaks through His authority. You can go to the seven churches of, of Revelation, and you see God over and over and over again speaks to the angel of the church, the angel of the church of Smyrna, of, of Thyatira, of Ephesus, of, of Laodicea. He speaks to the pastor of the church. He, he starts there at the top and he speaks to them. God deals with his authority. And he's doing the same thing with Joshua. Look at verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, he gets a command, Arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of of Israel. So verse 1, God is speaking to Joshua. So what does this mean? God called him. God is speaking to him. What's it mean? He's the authority. He is now God's authority over Israel. Not only that is he speaking to him, but he's commanding him. Here in verse 2, I just read that. He commands them to take the people over Jordan into the, into the land that was promised unto them. Not only is he commanding them, but God is promising Joshua some things. Verses 3 through 5, look what he says. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, uh, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this, uh, uh, 
and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man, I'm sorry, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So without a doubt here today, Joshua's in charge. Joshua is God's authority. And what we're going to see next is that Israel is going to recognize Joshua's authority. Now, let's move along here. Look at, look at Israel's response to Joshua's authority. Hey, is, is everybody in agreement Joshua's the authority here? Amen? Yeah. All right. We're good with that. And, and, and Israel said amen also. Look at this. We go down here, and Joshua is going to be commanding Israel to get things together. He's going to command them to prepare to pass over Jordan. And he begins here, Brother Jim read this for us. Look at verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare you uh, victuals, <laughs> victuals, victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. So Joshua is commanding Israel to get ready to go into Jordan. He's now in what? He's the authority. He's commanding them. Notice what else he's going to do now. He's going to address the two tribes of Reuben and Gad. If you you don't need to go back there, but if you would go back to Numbers chapter thirty-two, if you remember, the tribe of Reuben and Gad came uh, to Moses, and they were, of course, here they are on the east side of the Jordan River. They haven't crossed over, and they go to Moses and they said, "Hey, this land is really great. We like this. We've got cattle. There's pasture here. There's we want to stay here. We don't want to go over the Jordan." Now think about this. What was the land that, that God, did you notice this with the land, how far the land of Israel went to? It didn't stop at the Jordan River. It stops at the Jordan River because they refused to get all of the land that God gave them. It said what? It went on to the river Euphrates. All the way to the east there. So what the, what the children of Reuben and Gad, the, the tribes of Reuben and Gad, what they're asking for, is not land outside of Israel. It's just land on the east side of the Jordan. And so Moses comes to him and he says, that's fine, but what you're going to do though, is you're going to come over the Jordan River and you're going to fight with us, with all of Israel. You're going to help us get rid of the inhabitants of the land. When we have subdued the land and everybody has their possession, then you can go back on the east side of the Jordan and you can take over your place. Now, what Moses allowed them to do was to build up, build camp, to set up their their uh, their houses, to leave their women and their children and all that on the east side of the east side of the river. But just those twenty years old and upward of the tribe of Reuben and Gad, they were to go over the Jordan and go to fight. And when they got done helping Israel, they would come back, and their their land was there, their children, their families were there, and they would carry on. So these two tribes agreed with this, and they said, "We'll do it." So now verses 12 through 15 in Joshua chapter 1, now we're seeing the time has come. They're going to go over the land. They're going to go over the Jordan River. And Joshua is going to remind the tribe of Reuben and Gad, he's going to remind them, remember what you said? 
You're going to come over and you're going to help us. Look at this in verse 12. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses the servant the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord have given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. So here's the command that Joshua has given the children of Israel. And here is the command that he's given the tribe of Reuben and Gad. He's the authority, amen? Amen. He is giving commands, amen? amen? Watch how Israel responds to Joshua. Look at verse 16. And they answered Joshua. Hold on right there. They answered him. <laughs> Do you know it's a good thing to be reminded that we ought to answer authority? You know, there's, there, 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 there's nothing worse than a child who will not respond when spoken to. Now, you who have children, doesn't that just chap your hide? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just, I don't know about you, I'm like, mm, I start getting a little irritated. Why? Because they're not the authority. You are. I remember one time we was in vacation Bible school in Aurora, First Baptist Church at Aurora. And me and some friends were sitting on the one row there and we were acting up and this lady behind us started flipping us on the head. They're just pow, 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 you know. And I'm like, Ugh, you know. And so <clears throat> if you'd known my Aunt Sue, you'd have known what a, what, a, what a dumb move I made. And the next day we're coming to vacation Bible school is in the evening and she was bringing us in from the farm and we're in the truck and we get there and pulled up and I said, you know, so-and-so, she flipped us on the head last night. Is she allowed to do that? And my aunt goes, what did you do? And I thought, I'll just pass. I think this is going nowhere fast. Yeah, Authority. Authority. That was an adult behind us as kids. We were being dumb. And I know nowadays you can't do stuff like that. Uh, it'd be nice, maybe, but uh, you just—it's—it's it's highly frowned upon. But we got the idea. You know what? We didn't do it again. And she had every. She was. A, she was an authority over us. She was an adult and an authority in that setting. But there's nothing worse to me than when an adult speaks to a child, gives a command to a child, and they just will not respond. The Bible talks about turning the turning the neck or turning the pulling the shoulder back and essentially the rebellion that comes out of I'm not even talking to you. <clears throat> that irritates me. Yeah. It's just as bad though when an adult ignores authority too. Yep. Do you see this? They answered Joshua. Do you realize all through the word of God, when God speaks, you know what you find? His children responding to him. 
I'll say it again. That's what an invitation is about. It's about responding to the Spirit of God who spoke to you. And so they responded. They answered him here in verse 16. And they also, here it is, they agreed to obey him. Look at this in verse 16. I lost my place. Here I am. And they answered Joshua saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. You see that? Look, he goes on to say, And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. Wow. He says, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Wherever you tell us to go, we are going to go. Why? Because you are an authority. God has called you here. We understand you have the calling of God. We understand that God has placed you here. And we are going to respond to you when you speak to us. And we're going to obey you. Wow. Isn't that incredible? They also recognized Joshua's authority was no different than Moses' authority. Why? Because it all came from God. It wasn't necessarily the individual person. It was the one who gave them the authority is who they were obeying. Look at verse 17. According as we hearkened unto Moses and all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. You know what they're saying here is as long as God is with you, as long as you're in the will of God, as long as you are leading us in the will of God, we're going to be with you. And we're going to obey you. And so they agreed to obey Joshua. They recognized his authority was no different than that of Moses. And they requested, oh, watch this. They requested discipline for rebellion. No, Joshua didn't bring this up. Joshua didn't say, tell you what, folks, if you don't follow me, I'm telling you that the, the hand of God is going to fall on you and, and you're just going to be crushed into powder. No, they didn't, Joshua didn't say a thing. These, these people, these men of Gad, Reuben and Gad, they're the ones still talking. Look at this. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Well, I think God listen. <laughs> yeah. Do you know there's spiritual death as well? You know, the Bible says that he gave Israel the desires of their heart, but sent leanness to their soul. Yeah. Sometimes the death that we experience as a child of God is just an inner death of that relationship with God. And the spirit just withers away and our soul just dries up and we're in just misery. Misery. But they... Uh, they wanted to see discipline. They, they wanted to see people dead for their rebellion. Wow, it's crazy, huh? You know, I think God recorded this because it shows the seriousness of rebellion. It shows the seriousness of Remember 1 Samuel chapter 15, Saul was told to go kill all the Amalekites, and he comes back, and, and uh, I just love this because he's like, did you do it? He goes, yep, we've, we've wiped them all out. He says, what is the bleeding of the sheep I hear? Oh, them. Well, the people wanted to keep them to sacrifice to God. That's what it was. Uh, Where's the king? Oh, we captured him too. He's alive. Yeah, he's alive. (laughs) Yeah, we got him. We got him. We got him. 
And remember, Samuel told him what? That rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as idolatry. What, what, did, what did he remind, what, what did uh, Samuel remind Saul that God was more interested in obedience than sacrifice? To obey is better than to sacrifice, he says. Yeah. Rebellion is as witchcraft, stubbornness, idolatry. It's all godlessness, it's all idolatry, stubbornness. It's just you've, you've become the idol, you've become the God. You're going to do what you're going to do. And they want to discipline for this. Why? It's a serious thing. It's a serious thing when we live in rebellion in our heart to God's authority. So don't miss something here. This, again, this wasn't from Joshua. This was from those who said, we will follow you. They recognized his call. They recognized his, his authority. They, 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 respond, they were responding to him with, with obedience and they wanted, uh, they wanted uh, discipline for rebellion. They had the right response response to authority, didn't they? Some of you are saying, ooh, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> no, they, I'll, I'll help you out if you don't know. Yes, they did. They had the right response to the authority in their life. You know, this was Joshua. This was a lot of years ago. This is dealing with Israel. But what about you and I? Or I should say you and me. Sorry. I get those all confused every time. What about us? That's easier. <laughs> what about us? What about the Christian's response to authority? What is our re- response to authority supposed to be? We are under authority, are we not? Yeah. We are. You know, if you're a husband of a home, you're under God's authority. How do you like that one, Bubba? <laughs> no, you're going to answer to God someday. To how you led your family. To how you, how you led your children. How you led your wife. How you taught your family. You're going to answer. Listen, you will stand before the God of heaven and you're going to give an account. Absolutely. What about the authority of the wife to the husband? Oh, here's where we quench the spirit. <laughs> yeah. No, you're under authority, aren't you, wives? You can say amen there. Wives, are you under authority? Try it again. Wives, are you under authority? Oh, that stubbornness. Can you see them? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? You're just trying to be meek and quiet? Yeah. <laughs> well, now you bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you're quick. That was good. Yeah. What about the child of the parents? That's an easy one, isn't it? Child of the parent, worker to the boss. <gasps> yeah. Church member to the pastor. <gasps> yeah. I don't want to take time. We're running out of time here, but we can go to Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Right. The, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about servants being an obedient to their masters. Now, we don't have slavery in the United States anymore, but some of you might think your job is pure slavery, so this applies to you too. Yeah. No, children are to obey their parents. Okay, can any kid say amen to that? Let's try this. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Ah, stubbornness. Try it again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Hey, there, oh, that was good. I like that. Did you write that down, Carrie? He said amen. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And it says, as workers to, you know, workers to, to bosses. It says, as to the Lord. In verse 8 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, we see rewards for obedience. That God rewards those who obey. In Ephesians chapter 5, 22 through 24, we see the wife's responsibility to be in subjection to her own husband. Her, her husband. Nobody else's. Nobody else's. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 3, we see the husband's responsibility. Whose, whose head is God. That head meaning authority. Their authority over the husband is God. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, you can turn over there if you will. Hebrews chapter 13. Look at verse 17 here. Showing you what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 13. Look at, look at verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. You know what I am to you? I'm a helper of your joy. <laughs> Absolutely. We're supposed to obey them that have the rule over us. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Many of you know this. Probably don't even need to turn there. It's pretty short. But look what he says in verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and that you keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. What was Paul saying? He said, follow me. What, what was Paul? He, was the, he started the church here at Corinth. He was the authority over this church. Not only just this, this pastoral um, sort of authority, but I think there could be an apostolic authority here as well. But what did he tell this church? Follow me as I follow Christ. That's the caveat there. And he goes on to say that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. What is he saying? Do what I tell you to do. Do what I tell you to do. So they followed Paul here in Corinth and they, they obeyed Paul. Yeah. So we have really four areas of submission in our life. We have four areas of authority in our life and we are all under authority. Every one of us. Nobody gets out of it. Yeah. All the way down to the church. I want you to think about this now. There, God has established avenues of authority for everybody. Do you know if somebody just refuses to be the member of a New Testament church, they're refusing to fall under a line of authority that God has established. And if they're not going to fall under authority, they're not going to fall under God's authority. Yeah. 
Now, not everybody's a wife. Not everybody's a husband. Is any, any, anybody here have parents? Everybody. <laughs> so everybody is, is under parental authority, right? And if you're a born-again child of God, you need to be under pastoral authority as well. God has established this. So what should be our response to God's authority in our life? Well, I think it should be just like Israel's to Joshua. Acknowledge it. It should just be like the church of Corinth to Paul's. Acknowledge it. Obey it. And reinforce it to those who won't obey. What do you mean? Do you mean I need to go want people on the head? Well, I wouldn't go that far. No. But children need to be reminded to obey, don't they? I heard a parent not too long ago, they gave their child a command maybe a few years ago, and they kind of fussed about it, and all I heard was obey. No, obey. You know, you need to obey. Obey me now. <clears throat> they went off. No, they need to be reinforced. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adults need to be reminded to obey. <laughs> right? Some of you old, older women need to get some of the younger women aside and remind them to, to, to be in submission to their own husband. Some of the older men may need to take a younger man aside and a younger husband aside and remind him that uh, that his he needs to submit to his authority, which is God. A church member may need to remind another church member to just uh, be in subjection and submission to their pastor. Something may come up and they may just say, uh, uh, "That's not right." I mean, you don't have to be ugly about anything. I mean, we're trying to help one another. We're not we're not trying to cut each other down. And sometimes there needs to be discipline. Yeah, a parent may spank a child when they refuse to obey. They ought to. They ought to. Amen? Yeah. And God may discipline one of His children too. Yeah. There are many, listen, there are many difficulties in Christians' lives because we refuse to obey authority. Might be a ticket, speeding ticket. Might be a court date. <laughs> yeah. It might just be unrest and chaos in the home. There's all sorts of ways. But I'm reminded tonight in Joshua chapter 1 that our response to authority, all of us, our, me too, our response to authority needs to be like Israel's response. And watch this. If God was going to listen, if God was going to lead Israel into the final leg of this journey into the promised land, he was going to need a human leader. God chose Joshua. Israel recognized it. And at this place, Israel chose to obey. I, I bet Moses wished he was alive to see this. It's like, yeah, good for you, Joshua. You got the easy ones. I got the, the first group and they just couldn't obey anything. Well, might I remind you, they didn't go into the land either. They died in the wilderness. I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians that die in the wilderness where God never intended them to, to stay and they had God had something for them and they could just never get there. They never got there. Yeah. But just like Israel, if Calvary Baptist Church is going to get where God wants us, He calls human leaders. God does the choosing. He does. The church will recognize it. And the church will need to choose whether they're going to follow or not. 
You know, can you believe this? Since March of 2017, I think around the 12th of March, I've been the pastor here. Can you believe that? I can't. I can't. I'm convinced God called me here. I don't have a problem. You might be questioning God about that. I, I know that. The church recognized it. All three people, we had a 100% vote. I mean, who gets that? No. There was 20. <laughs> I was like, yep, 100%. Really, how many were voting? Uh, 20. <laughs> I paid some of them. One of them wasn't even here because they were on vacation. That could have been a no, so you never know. So we don't count Brother Carl and Miss Linda. And can I tell you tonight, church? The church has done a wonderful job at following. I mean that from my heart. I do. Has everybody? No, not everybody. I'm going to start naming names here in a minute. But no, no. I'm joking. We really have. I, I can't believe the liberty I have sometimes. And the trust that people have. I appreciate it. Maybe I'm just so grouchy you don't question it. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But I hope not. And people have questions. And there's nothing wrong with questions. But here's the deal. When I'm dead and gone, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, if it hasn't been in, within his plan to come back in this time period, God will call somebody else to pastor this church. Now, if you notice, I said I'd be dead and gone. So if you want me gone sooner, you might have to kill me. So. <clears throat> but God, no, this is his church. <laughs> it's not mine, it's his and he'll call somebody else in here to pastor the church. And that church, hopefully, and this is not hyperbole, hopefully, by that time, the church will be running hundreds or thousands. You say, that's not possible. Why not? Why not? And they will just follow God by faith by following their pastor. Yeah. Let me say this. Following authority does not mean that you never disagree. Following authority doesn't mean that you can't ask questions. Preacher, why are we doing this? Well, this is why. I don't agree with that. Okay. I'll pray about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of it all, following authority means that whether you agree or disagree, you're going to follow and trust God to take care of the things that you don't understand. When we uh, were members at Berean Baptist Church, they did a thing called family camp every year. It was They didn't do youth camps and send kids off. And I'm not opposed to that, but they did families together would go to camp. And I like that. I really like that. And, um, and <laughs> one year, we, Sherry, Miss Sherry and I, we would work the uh, snack shack. Somehow we always get around food. And that was so fun, and it was crazy, and it, you're there late and making snow cones and popcorn, and I, I did like that. But for some reason, um, I uh, got a bad attitude about it one time. Just ended up got, getting a bad attitude, you know, something, something going down, whoops. And uh, the wrath was about to fall. And uh, I, I just didn't want to go that year. There was a year, I just, meh. I don't know. This, 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 blah, 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 blah. 
And one night, there's a testimony going on. Brother Ben Forrester, how many know Brother Forrester? He's preached here enough, you know him. He stood up and gave a testimony. And he said, you know, our pastor prays about the direction of this church. I know he does. And he goes, and I know our pastor, he plans activities and he plans things around prayer. And he, he gets things, you know, that he believes that the, for, that the church needs to do because, you know, he thinks that's the direction that God has for the church. And, and he goes, you know, and, God, and he has planned family camp and he's planned these. I've never talked to Brother Ben about any of my attitude. He just got up and started talking about this. And he said, you know, and I, and I, I believe pastor has planned family camp and this and that, you know. And, and he goes, I've just decided if my pastor wants to do it, I'm going to do it with my family. We're going to go. Whatever he says, whatever he's planned, I believe he's met with God and we're just going to do it. It was like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, because <laughs> I had a rotten attitude about it all. And Brother, ben, Brother Forrester was right. <clears throat> he was my, my pastor was my authority. And he obviously had prayed about what the church ought to do. And he planned things for the church to do. And, planned th- and Brother Ben's uh, opinion eventually became my opinion, my belief, that if he's planned it, I ought to be there. Obviously, God is leading them to do that, so I ought to be there. And I went to Brother Ben after church. I said, I said, Brother, that was convicting. You have no idea. I said, I had to, rep- I had, had to repent tonight of my opinion and my, my feelings towards this whole family camp thing. And, you know, we just had to make plans to attend because I, I, I had a wrong attitude. Yeah. And this eventually went for everything Pastor had planned. If he thought about it, I thought we ought to be involved in it. And uh, that's just a way that we, in our life, that we followed God's authority in our life. I don't know if you notice this about the foresters. What a sweet spirit they have. You know what that's called? That's a submissive spirit. And they're beautiful people to be around. I love it. Their encouragement. So let me ask you tonight, what kind of heart do you have tonight towards authority? I've already built you up and said you're great at following. <laughs> but I do, have, I do have to ask you, what kind of heart do you have towards authority? Not just mine, your job, your parents, your husband, your God. Do you buck it? Are you bucking authority constantly? Is there this rebellious spirit in you that just likes to say, no? Constantly questioning, oh, why? What about, why? What about? That gets old after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. Are you stubborn when you're given something to do? Anybody have stubborn kids? Listen to this. I'm going to close, but listen to this. If you as an adult cannot submit to God's authority, you have no right to discipline your children when they don't submit to yours. It's called hypocrisy. Now, the way to get out of that is not to just stop disciplining your kids. (laughs) The way to to repair this is to get your heart right and have a submissive attitude towards God 
like you want your children to have towards you, and they should have towards you. So let me just ask you tonight, we see Israel's response to Joshua. What a great response. What is your response to God's authority in your life? What is your response? Lord, I love the reminder tonight. I needed it. This is where we're preaching from. It's here. And obviously, before time began, you knew not only was this church going to be here tonight, but I was going to be standing here tonight, and this passage was going to be preached from tonight. And I believe you have a complete purpose in it. I'm thankful for the reminder that we've that I need at all times, that we all need, that we need to have a submissive heart, a submissive attitude, a submissive spirit to you and your authority. And so, Father, I know we live in a world that just thinks this is crazy. Crazy. They don't understand it. But, Lord, we do. And I do pray that I do know that it would be easy. It's easy just to drift away from your, um, from your outline. It's easy to drift away from what you desire of us to have a submissive spirit just because of the culture we live in. And it could be that maybe there's some here tonight that have just maybe been, maybe just been drifted away a little bit. Lord, would you help us just to return, to have a, just a pure heart and a desire to follow you and to follow your authority and to do it with joy. Lord, that we could be channels only. That we could be channels fit for your use. So, Father, I thank you for what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to have a time of invitation. Maybe you just need to get along with the Lord tonight. However he's spoken to you, you respond to him.